You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. But we need not enumerate any more points of discrepancy between the apostles and their rivals, the clergy. The antithesis is complete. We shall proceed now to make a few remarks upon the name which these sons of Balaam have appropriated to themselves. They style their holy orders the clergy. This name is derived from kleros, a lot, portion, or heritage. The Balaamites apply it to themselves on the assumption that they are the peculiar heritage of God. In countries where they are in political alliance with the world rulers, they refuse to recognize the Balaamites of dissenting communities as clergy. They regard them simply as laymen or men of the people. But in the United States, where the world is in league with all sects, the heterogeneous and discordant elements which fill the pulpits of this republican Christendom are all massed together as the clergy. We certainly cannot congratulate the Lord upon his inheritance if it be composed of all the popish priests, state church parsons, and random outpourers of nonsense that thump the cushioned desks of the sectarian conventicles of Christendom. But we read of no such inheritance or clergy of the Lord in the Bible. We there find Moses saying to Israel, Yahweh hath taken you, and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to be unto him a people of inheritance, as at this day. And in another place, the portion of Yahweh is his people. Jacob is the lot, cord or boundary line, of his inheritance. But never did he say to the clerical leaders of the Gentiles, Ye are my inheritance, or clergy. But when he was wroth with his inheritance, and the Gentiles came into it, the Balaamite doctrinaires concluded, as they teach at this day, that he had cast them off, and substituted the bishops, presbyters and deacons of the Christian nation in its stead. They regarded themselves as the spiritual Levi, the special treasure of Yahweh, above all others of the body, whom they styled the people. Being Levi's successor, they claim his perquisites, and as Levi tithed Israel, they undertook to tithe the laity and to tax them in other ways, persuading them that in giving to the clergy they were lending to the Lord. 
this imposition grew to such an enormity that when the church and world became one, the clergy became the territorial lords of some of the finest tracts in Europe. They became a power in all its kingdoms, and by the rulers were regarded as the pillar of their thrones. Yahweh, however, has not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. Psalm 94 verse 14 He has only broken off a dry branch from the Hebrew cedar tree. The tree remains, though in a very sapless condition. But is anything too difficult for God? I will, saith he, take of the highest branch of the high cedar and will set it. I will crop off from the top of his young twigs a tender one and will plant it upon a high mountain and eminent. In the mountain of the height of Israel will I plant it and it shall bring forth boughs and bear fruit and be a goodly cedar and under it shall dwell all fowl of every wing. In the shadow of the branches thereof shall they dwell, and all the trees of the field shall know that I, Yahweh, have brought down the high tree, as it was under Solomon and his successors, have exalted the low tree above the Babylonish desolation, have dried up the green tree, by the Roman power, and have made the dry tree to flourish when Christ returns in power. I, Yahweh, have spoken and have done. Ezekiel 17 verse 22 When this is accomplished, there will be a state of things in the east such as has never yet existed there. For in that day shall Israel be the third with Egypt and with Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the land, whom Yahweh of armies shall bless, saying, Blessed be Egypt my people, and Assyria the work of my hands, and Israel mine inheritance. Then shall Yahweh possess Judah his portion in the Holy Land, and shall choose Jerusalem again. Isaiah 19 verses 23 to 25, and Zechariah 2 verses 10 to 12. The Hebrew nation, then, reset and flourishing in the Holy Land, is the clergy, or heritage, of God. It is the kingdom of the heavens as a grain of mustard seed in its resetting, which, when grown, is the greatest among kingdoms and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air, the political aerial, come to lodge in the branches thereof. Matthew 13, verse 31. Of this kingdom, all who are Abraham's seed by being Christ's, are joint heirs with him. 
they are invited to become heirs of this kingdom through the gospel. And being heirs, that which makes them heirs, also makes them Israelites by adoption, and by consequence, a part of the nation itself. During the times of the Balaamized Gentiles, the Hebrew cedar is a dry tree, and the inheritance of Yahweh is not the cedar in its dry state, but when it returns to a flourishing condition. He is, however, not without an inheritance in all these times. The portion of Yahweh is, still, his people, and this people is to be found in Jacob, which is the lot or cord of his inheritance. That is, he has no clergy in the times of the Gentiles, who are not Jews by adoption through obedience to the law of faith. These are the Israel of God for the time current. All who do what Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews, commands them, become his friends and Yahweh's people. This we have seen the sons of Balaam, who style themselves clergy, and pretend to be specially appointed of God for his service, do not do. They are not his people, consequently. And instead of being Jews, they are for the most part their enemies, and where they have political power, their oppressors. But what saith the scripture? Paul, in writing to certain in Thessalonica, who, before they had obeyed the gospel, were idolaters, says, God has called you to his kingdom and glory. Now to these, the called, some of whom were walking unworthy of their call, the apostle James says, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to them who love him? But ye have despised the poor. To these poor expectant heirs of the Hebrew kingdom, another apostolic Jew addresses himself, saying, Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people by purchase, who in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God. These are the words of Peter to men who had put off their Gentilism and had become Israelites by adoption through Jesus Christ. They were all the people of God, and therefore his inheritance, or clergy. In writing to these, he says, The elders which are among you, I exhort. These were not clergy as distinguished from the people or laity, 
for he exhorts these elders to feed the flock of God with them, watching over it, not necessitously, but freely, not for filthy lucre, but liberally, neither ruling imperiously over the heritages, but becoming examples of the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Thus the Christian people at large were the flock of God, and in their local societies or ecclesias, the heritages. The elders were a part of these, and not an order distinct from them. They did not shift about from one heritage to another, because they could get more tithes, a larger salary, or more abundant donation party contributions there than here. To have done this would have been to episcopize necessitously, or for filthy lucre, which Peter exhorted them not to do. No, although of the poor of this world, they episcopized, or watched over, the flock of God in its several sheepfolds freely, or liberally, that is, without any stipulated fee or reward. What they received leaped out of the purses of brethren, whose inner man was imbued with the truth, and whose hearts overflowed with gratitude to their elder brethren for their kind and gratuitous vigilance in these times of tribulation and peril. There was no extorting of church rates from infidels and churls, or selling of pews by auction, or letting of seats to non-professors or the faithful to pay the hire of episcopals or presbyters. The people of God's flock would have scorned such extortion and meanness. Thus, in writing to a heritage, which he styles a chosen lady and her children, concerning brethren of other lady heritages who circulated about spreading abroad the truth, John says, Beloved, thou dost faithfully whatsoever may have been done for the brethren and for the strangers, who have testified of thee for love before an ecclesia, whom having sent forward worthy of God, thou wilt do well, because for the sake of the name they have gone forth, receiving nothing from the Gentiles. We ought therefore to welcome such, that we may become co-labourers for the truth. Third Epistle, verses 5-8 to eight. By this simple means, the doctrine of Christ was diffused among the heathen, and the faith and love of the heritages were individually, collectively, and personally displayed. But when men arose, 
from among these elder brethren, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them, and whom Paul styles grievous wolves. A transition period arrived, in which the simplicity that is in Christ was corrupted, and the heritages turned into mistresses of the sons of Balaam. Beguiled by them, as the serpent through his subtlety beguiled Eve, Second Corinthians 11 verse 3, they fell from their first estate, and played the harlot against the Lord, as abundantly appears from the letters of the Spirit to the seven lightstands of Asia, whose condition was representative of the apostasy, which was at that time establishing itself in all the heritages of the Lord. By AD 312, the desolation was complete. They who loved the wages of unrighteousness had gained the ascendancy. The disciples were Nicolaitanized, or conquered by Balaam and Jezebel. A clergy, or heritage, had arisen, which became the inheritance of the Roman emperors, and their successor, the image of the beast and the false prophet. Not Mohammedan, but anti-Christian, in all the holy orders. The clergy of God now are the clericals, or heritages of God, whose faith and practice can be proved to be identical with those of his flock in apostolic times, and which have no other clergy or heritage than God, and which repudiate the clergy of Christendom in all its diversity of popes, cardinals, bishops, priests, parsons, deans, ministers, pastors, evangelists, apostles, prophets, angels and deacons, as the unscriptural and anti-Christian orders of the kingdom of sin. The Balaamites in Pergamos, as well as the Nicolaitans, were the exceptions in the Antipas Ecclesia, not the rule, for then it would have ceased to be the faithful witness there. But few as they might be, they were an evil leaven, which might work the corruption of the whole body. They sowed to the flesh in forbidding to marry, and therefore ordaining fornication. In this particular, they became the fathers of the Catholic priests, who are forbidden and forbid to marry, and yet have more children than the married. The Spirit exhorted them to heartily change their views, to repent or abandon the teaching of the Balaamites and Nicolaitans 
the covetous and vicious perverters of the gospel of the kingdom and name, and corrupters of the right ways of the Lord, who were extensively and actively working in all the regions of the habitable where the gospel had been proclaimed. Now these things were not written solely for the sake of the Antipas in Pergamos, but for all faithful witnesses in other times and places. Therefore the Spirit says, He that hath an ear, let him hearken to what the Spirit saith unto the ecclesias. What he saith to the seven, he saith to all his servants, to whom the Apocalypse is addressed, and for whose especial benefit it was communicated to John. They are in an evil world, whose principles are subversive of the truth. Consequently, their position in it is belligerent, and their destiny the reward of victory. Therefore the Spirit says, To the victor, to him will I give to eat from the manna which has been concealed, and I will give to him a white pebble, and upon the pebble a new name that has been engraved, which no one knows but he that receiveth. The manna, the pebble, and the new name are here added to the wood of life in paradise. They are symbols of blessings, or blessings disguised in symbols. Let us, then, examine them and see what honey they contain, and first, of the hidden manna. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.